0: Hi, I'm Louise Mowbray, founder of Mowbray by Design and your host. Welcome to Lift, my conscious leadership podcast, Lead into the Future, today. I'm on a mission to bring you powerful insights and very human stories from leaders and entrepreneurs who are each, in their own way, contributing something noteworthy to shaping our world of work, conscious conversations with people who are being conscious leaders and doing conscious business. My aim is to give you a personal lift, to inspire you in your day-to-day business life. Make sure you subscribe now to never miss an episode. Today I'm talking to Dr. Jan Bellermann, founder of the Conscious Leadership Academy in Munich, Germany. Jan is an international keynote speaker, trainer, and coach on the big topics of conscious leadership and values-driven cultures. Before founding his business, which he now runs with his business partner, Regina Brand, Jan was a member of the senior management team of an international ICT company, where he inspired his people to develop several award-winning innovations. Jan has spent the last decade acquiring a vast knowledge of psychology, quantum physics, and neuroscience, which drives his passion for self-development and the evolution of consciousness. I recently met Jan at the Conscious Company's event on Conscious Leadership and Ethics in Johannesburg, South Africa, where we were both invited to speak. Jan delivered an inspiring keynote, and I want to learn more about his journey so far. Jan, it's an absolute delight to, to have you here um, with me today to talk about Conscious Leadership and Business. And... Um, I believe you've just come back from the States, you're based in Munich, but you've just come back from the States. You've been running a conscious leadership program there, and we were chatting a little bit about it before we started, and I think it's just such a wonderful illustration of the type of work that you do. Do you want to give us a little bit of case a case study and some background as to, to what you've been up to?
1: Yeah, sure, Louise. Thank you very much for this opportunity um yeah i i recently had two two culture projects i we were heavily involved in, and one was um the company in the u s was the most amazing company because they have been they had the best um varied results we ever had at and at the first shop we, we are using the varied value center um to do the assessments, the first assessments, before we start working with them. And and two weeks back, I had um, the worst result I ever had. (laughs) Um, There was a company in Germany which was so surprisingly um, had an entropy level, which which is a a measurement for the amount of fear in that company. pretty pretty high which is close to collapse already so it was it was interesting for me to work in between these two uh, extremes.
0: Yeah it, it it is quite surprising actually once we actually measure things and we we add some sort of analysis to it before we start, which I think is always a, a healthy way to to begin any engagement. And Jan, tell me more about the Conscious Leadership Academy. Tell me, you're the founder, you're the CEO. Tell me how it started. Tell me what you do. Tell me what you're up to today.
1: Yeah, okay. Hmm, where to start? It took me quite a while to get on this journey because I had the typical, let's say, normal career. I was in a big... Um, I, ICT company, uh, working globally, heading up a, a big IT department. Um, and I enjoyed working internationally, so that was good. But over time, I found that um, I got more interested in, in the people side of it and what motivates people and um, how to develop the potential of them and how to get the best out of them. And, and because I realized that the people enjoy it. Um, getting better and better, and and when they thrive and have these successes, they feel so much better, and then this accelerates. So this is like an upward spiral, and um, that that was giving me so much joy. So, um, I I had a um, a private crisis um, about ten years back, and so the the turning point for me was um, going to India and and, and trying to understand who I am, why am I here, uh, what's, what's the purpose of my life, all these questions that suddenly come up when you have been focusing so much on your career and you have achieved all that stuff. Okay. And then suddenly you find out mm, there's so much more out there and I don't really understand my own drivers. So that's... Um, I found a very interesting place called o o Academy, which um, I'm going there every year and... Uh, that completely changed my way of thinking, my perception I, I would say the biggest achievement is is the number of thoughts <laughs> I still have, so it's, it's really really cut down to um, a small amount and um, I'm a lot more calm and it's a lot easier for me to connect and and these kind of things I brought then into into my day to day work in in the in the telecoms industry and um I started to experiment with my own teams, and and that really um, was very very interesting because the people liked it. They um, we created our own little microculture. Um, the people were thriving. We um, at that time we went through a difficult phase, and I always had to reduce the amount of people in the team. But somehow we still kept. Um, the good news, and we still were able to meet our targets, which surprised then my colleagues. And so, how are you able to do this? And well, that was the first, first time I was thinking about it because my answer was, I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> because I was just experimenting a little bit and talking about, the um, let's say, thinking about the people, but I was not aware what, what's really happening. So I started to read a lot about... Um, biology, psychology, quantum physics, all these things. And then because from my own background, I'm a researcher. So um, yeah, I was able to bring all these things together. And I, uh, I found the right mixture between ancient wisdom uh, from from the Indians plus the new modern uh, scientific approach. And, and, and that was helping me a lot to understand what's going on there. And at a certain point in time, I decided, hmm, um, that's something we need to spread. So I started my own company, and now since then, we are doing
0: it. Fantastic! Yeah. isn't it amazing how it always takes some sort of, I wouldn't, some sort of personal crisis of confidence in a way before. Yes you know, many of us start exploring or perhaps there are a series of of crises of confidence along the way we dig a little deeper and we look a little closer at ourselves and then find the joy in that. And of course, you know, we we want to be able to help other people to find the same thing. So, so Jan, why conscious leadership and conscious business? I mean, it's certainly you and I are very... um, comfortable with these terms. And we've both been working with um, these types of um, structures, models, philosophies, ways of doing things for the last, both of us probably about the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. But for for Mm -hmm. many people, it it sounds like a nice thing to do, but really, you know, as you said with your team, you were still getting the same results, but applying, perhaps working, you know, in a very different way um, with a bunch of happy people during difficult economic times. Uh, but you know, why do you think that this has really caught fire? You know, it started off as kind of a, a gentle movement or a nice to have, and today, really, businesses of force for good is the driver, um, without a doubt, across the types of businesses that um, we're all very familiar with. Yeah, absolutely, Louise. That's right. Yeah, the, I, I think
1: the, the the question I hear most is. Um, about conscious leadership, what are you conscious about? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, okay. and, and then I say, yeah, there are three things. And, and, and the very first thing is um, I need to be conscious about my own state and, and understanding what my the impact of my thoughts on my own performance, for example, on my own behavior. And then the second thing is then um, what's the impact on the other people I'm working with and the, on, on my environment? And the third thing is, I want to be conscious about is what what's the what's the difference we can generate together for this world. So this is the three elements I, I always say. This is what we really would like to be conscious about. And and the reason for the first one is, um, let's say um, I always explain it that way because. Um, I said, normally, we start um, our projects with um, the people come or the leaders come because they want to do a transformational project. And then my first question is, um, when is a transformation successful? And um, then they have their idea, and they have their goals. And in the end, I shape it down to the fact that um, it's successful if you come to a different outcome. Yeah? And, and hopefully, the one you're expecting <laughs> so it it you want a different outcome but for a different outcome um what what do you need to do and then um yeah obviously we need to do different actions and for different actions um, to to arrive at different actions we need to do different decisions and for to arrive at different decisions we need to have a different mindset and for a different mindset we have to have a different um, different thoughts yeah and 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 where do our thoughts come from that's yeah from consciousness so the, the state of our consciousness very much drives the quality of our of our thoughts which in the end are the source um, of our ideas which then drive the quality of our decisions and then the outcome of of all our actions
0: yeah it's um i think that both you and i and you know certainly most people listening who've ever worked in corporate life, um, we know that so, so much time and energy is spent on trying to change behaviors, which is the external, external um, I guess, experience we have of other people's internal thinking and their state of consciousness. And I've always been a great believer that, you know, we we need to shift something within our beings, which drives the doing, which then becomes effortless and in the right direction. So really go to source and the source is always self. Um, so mm. hopefully a spicy saucy self but you never know <laughs> how that how that pans out so yonder just in terms of so, so this is really the fundamental of what conscious leadership is about and it's such a great quest- question what is consciousness you know when am i conscious when am i not conscious and i think just being able to tap into that self-awareness and you mentioned perhaps not having a thousand thoughts a second that lovely monkey mind that. That um, many of us experience when we're, especially when we're under stress or pressure um, but then how do we translate that into to business, how do we translate it into the, you know, the measurables, the things that we're all looking for, which is better performing businesses, better, better bottom line Yes so I, know, I normally start then, um, what we use in our vertical development trainings
1: is then I, I show brain scans of, of, of the two different states. And in the one state where we are, let's say, under stress or, or where we have some kind of an anxiety or fear coming up, then you can see that, that the energy of the brain moves move to the back part of your brain where the, it's called the, the reptile um, brain. And, and that's responsible for the reflexes so that we can react fast. And that's a good idea because I think our body was designed several thousand years ago, and at that time we were still facing a lot of life-threatening um, dangers. But nowadays, in the in the office, we don't have this anymore. Yeah? So we, um, but but the body is still the same, and and that means if if we are suddenly facing a psychological threat, like um, not meeting the deadline or a market crash or or whatever is out there then um, guess what so the, how, how is our brain reacting to that and and that's exactly the same like uh, like for a physio- physiological threat for a life threat and so exactly at that time when we need our intelligence most we don't have full access to it yeah? and and so we when and then we show the other brain scan um, where the energy in the brain is um, and that's in the in the front part, in the in the rational logical thinking part, when, when you are in a, in a in a in a in a yeah, well-being or a calm courage state, I call it. Yeah. And, and and if you learn how to move yourself into this calm courage state, then you suddenly get access to your full intelligence. Yeah. And that's only the start because that's that's you're using your own your own um, potential there. But if, if you then learn Um, Later on in the courses, we talk about um, how to tap into intuition or or other, um, let's say, universal intelligence, um, which is out there in the field. Um, That's amazing, especially when we work with teams, um, how the people suddenly get creative and innovation kicks back in. And, and, and And then we are back to the bottom line because if you're good in uh, if you have a creative team and you come up with nice innovations and um, which these, if these innovations are serving then not only um, the company but also maybe society or, or the customers and, and, and everybody, then the whole thing is a, is an upward spiral and and the bottom line will be there from the beginning.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, going from a nice to have, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be lovely for all of us to be like this, to the stark realization in today's world of work, that if we're not serving um, people's idea of the life that they want to live in relation not only to the normal stakeholders, but of course bringing in society and the environment, we really are losing ground every single day. So, so it's gone from a nice to have to, to an absolute fundamental in business. And I think some yes. organizations are um, slow to realize this and others are making extraordinary headway. What do you think the difference, Jan? We, you and I would, you know, without a doubt, we'd say, well, of course, they've got this, you know, this golden thread, this strain of, you know, values-based conscious leadership running through those organizations. But if we deconstruct that and we take away some of the, Um, you know, sort of hip happy language around it. Uh, What are organizations who want to change, who want to have this type of transformation, where do they start?
1: I think it all starts really at the top with with the leader because um, the big discussions we are always having is, and and we recently organized the European Conscious Capitalism Conference in Berlin here um, with some friends and... um, So people, um, and we had people there from from startups, from very very small companies, but we also had um, CEOs there talking from from, uh, big international companies as well. So we had, for example, John Mackey there from Whole Foods um, with his 80,000 people, and he was talking about leading with love. And we had another... Vincent T. we had there, he is leading um, a 36,000 employee company in Russia. And um, what they have in common, if if you look at them, it's they care about people. And if you have a true, yeah, if, if it's very authentic, if you care in a very authentic way that you are interested in your people, yeah? Um, sometimes when, when, I, when I took over a new team and I, um, I first wanted to find out when, the, when, when, have, um, when are the birthdays of, of my people and in, in some companies I, I ran into a problem because they said we cannot give it to you the HR people told you that's, that's data protection so we cannot share it yeah? so then I, I kicked off my, my own Excel list and sent it out to the people so that they are, were entering their their birthdays and 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 some of the people um, and we had several hierarchy layers in between, but on every day every time on every birthday, I was calling the people and then so some of the people I never saw, I never spoke before, and they were very astonished that some of the bosses is calling and, and we're talking, and that 's the first time um, I was asking them if you could do something for them or, or, or how the family is and how many kids they have and what the names of the kids and things like that. And surprisingly enough, I was, to myself, I could remember all these names of the kids. And so when, when we talked next time, and sometimes it was this isn't the next birthday, yeah? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, the next conversation <laughs> we had, um, they They were so astonished that I could still remember um
0: how was the daughter and and how was the injury and how did the operation go, or things like that yeah, and I think
1: if you have this true nature of caring about people, then that this is the basis for me
0: because then the people start to trust you and then um yeah yeah that's, that's extremely yeah and and that's kind of um deep, you know, leading with love. And John Mackey, I, I remember meeting him in 2012, actually at a conscious capitalism conference in um, in Boston. And um, a lot of people have wondered, okay, well, so an organization of this size sells out to Amazon. How do they retain their um, this extraordinary conscious culture that actually gives a damn about people that wants to lead with love, which, you know, love and business, are they great bedfellows, one might argue. but you know, if we think about it, love and anything is a great bedfellow. <laughs> so, so just from the <laughs> simple human capacity, loving our stakeholders, really deeply caring about what happens to the people in these chains, our processes that we manage and build and, and grow globally has got to have a powerful impact and a way more powerful impact than perhaps the way that things have been done in the past. So, so just the, the enormity of these types of organizations you mentioned we've got to start top-down because all culture is formed top-down. Uh, you know, I, I, the, the, the values and the drives behind the leadership team will, will in, infiltrate every single step of, of the way, including all the stakeholders that we take on board, um, how we hire, how we actually take care of people, how we grow people. Um, so, so how does one do that in a big lumbering 90,000 people organization, do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I I always use then Ken Wilber's four quadrants, where where you have um, a difference between an individual and a collective side, and an internal and an external way of doing it. So if you as the as the top person, and we look at the inside first, you have your values, you have your beliefs, you have. Um, and, and, and this displays on the external side somehow in your behavior, in, how, how in your decisions. And then, um, let's say, because you are at the top, the people are regarding you as the role model. So the way you behave probably brought you there. So this is the success model. So the people are very much, very closely monitoring everything what you do. So even if you are in a bad mood and um, just had a bad morning or or a bad traffic or something this has an impact because if 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 the tone of your voice is suddenly changing just a little bit these people always think that's about myself so it's it's and 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 we often forget this that that we have this big impact so that's this this external behavior of the top person that influences the the collective behavior, uh, the, the collective belief and, and values in, in the company, so this is where the culture comes in. And then you you just mentioned it, and then um, it moves into the processes and the system. So the external part of the collective is then how do we work together, how do we which structure do we use, and things like that. So if and I think this this way it it, it the processes Really mirror um, the inside of of our leadership team, so that's that's to put it in a short way and 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 very often when we when when I have with my customers the discussion about digitalization and things like that, I say is as long as you are not changing the way how you think yeah you you are just implementing the same old thoughts in a different way in a new structure in a new process maybe more automated or more digitalized yeah so so you you are wasting a lot of money in 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 implementing old thinking yeah. and and you only speed up the the uh, yeah the ineffective way you had before
0: yeah so the built in biases are then replicated again and again and again it's very interesting i um on the bias front, you know, just having a look at our systems and those inbuilt biases we've inherited as an organization, especially large organizations that have been going for a period of time. And I think sometimes part of the process is unearthing those biases that are are predetermined and written into our processes. And actually, you know, when we talk about conscious business, we talk about a brand new operating system, not just adding a new app, you know, if we we compare it to... um, Technology technology digitization today. It really is revamping the entire way that we operate systemically <laughs> all the way through rather than just adding some shiny new um, way of doing things that actually looks or feels good in, in a way that we think is going to sell our, our products or services better. So, Jan, tell me a little bit about um, how the Conscious Leadership Acad- Academy operates. How often do you run programs? Is it open to everybody?
1: Yeah, but um, currently we have not an open program. We we are doing it because I'm I'm a strong believer that there is always um, for every company there's something different. So there's not one size fits all um, for consciousness growth. But more and more we get we get requests from some of the people who would like to take part in these programs because they heard about it, but their company is not currently supporting it or is, is not ready to go down this path or these people would like to join. So more and more we are thinking about opening up a, a, a leadership journey, which is probably 18 months, several modules that the people are really committing to their personal growth and we have enough time to work with them. And I could also imagine that it would be a good idea to have them, different leaders from different companies and sharing different views. And so I think that would be a good idea as well. Um, but currently we only work with with companies um, on very specific cases because normally they don't come to us and ask us, okay, we now now, um, now suddenly need to be conscious because this makes more money or something. So this is not the case. So they come and they have a specific problem which could be, let's say, some of the processes are not working or the numbers are not right and things like that. And then we are investigating First, what's what's going wrong there, and then in, in, in most of the cases, it's always a people problem. Yeah? It's 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 never something about what you do is something. It's it's really about how you do it, and and and, and there's something in between the people. And maybe Mister X doesn't speak to Mister Y, yeah? something like that, and that makes it complicated. But very often we are not aware how unaware we are, so we simply stick to our habits and. Um, and and a habit is nothing but an unconsciously made decision and so it, it's it's and there are nice studies out there from harvard that we say that 95% of our decisions are made unconsciously so it's yeah. it's I, the, the first work we always do is we first have to make people aware how unaware we are especially when making decisions or when we when we are interacting with other people and how much we or how big the potential is um, to influence others, and 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 it's always working. You are always influencing others, and it could be in a good way or a bad way, and, and even if you are not aware, then it's happening. Yeah, and that's that's the point, and that's the very first step to do. And um,
0: fantastic. You know, I, I was going to ask you if you had to give any leader who so. I'll backtrack just a second. I'm in full agreement um, with you. You know, it's very seldom we have the opportunity to go into an organization that says, come and make us, you know, transform us into a conscious organization just for the sake of it. There is always a business driver behind it. And um, the driver usually is we need to transform a process or a product or we need to become more innovative or we need to be more creative and actually have something tangible to show. Um, to show or or we have something that's just not going the way that we thought it would or the way we wanted to and what's standing in the way. So there is always a diagnosis. And um, I I think perhaps um, the business community are, are very open to diagnosis. We want somebody to come and have a look at something and say, okay, we'll fix this little bit and you'll be fine, you know, and off we go. You know, there we go. We replaced the faulty part. And I think really what you're saying, Jan, is that, more often than not, we've got to start with, um, you know, that 90%, 95% unconscious that's happening and examine mm. exactly what is going on and our thought processes and belief systems and what have you that are driving everything that we do. And so I guess that leads me to the next question. How, how many of us are really up for that kind of personal transformation when it comes down to it?
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good question um i must say in the past 2 years i could see a big change so the numbers are going up significantly so i think the, the the messages are more and more sinking into the collective understanding or or the newspapers or the news or more and more the people hear about it and and on the other hand if you think about it um I think we never were living in a, in a, in, in a luxury, um, especially in our parts of the world. We are, we are so privileged to, to live here and we, we have the food we need and, and we have the environment we need and, and, and it's more about thinking about where we are going for the next holiday and things like that. Yeah. But when, when we are working with the leaders um, to find out what's really driving them, um, I I remember I remember one lady we were working with. Um, she was working for IBM, and, and, and IBM had to, several years back. They had to work on short work, short hours. So they were so you could choose um, to work shorter, or or you could take some some time off, um, and um, that's what she did. So she took some time off with with um with an option that, that if the economy is going up again, she, so she, she could join again. And she she spent the time in in supporting homeless people or elderly people. So she she started to discover her passion for serving other people. And when the call came to her if she would like to join the company again. She said, um, I would never find the fulfillment in the company the way I was finding it in serving other people in whatever form she discovered there. And she never joined again. So she is now not earning, um, maybe earning a quarter of what she had before, but um, she said, that's enough for me, but I have so much more uh, for myself. And I find this, I hear this more and more often, but I believe... Um, if we change the way of um, how we are leading people and how we care and how we treat the people, you could have the same even in your CEO job. Uh, you you are simply serving your own people, and you could have the same fulfillment and a highly paid job and and a successful company. And so I think you don't have to cut yourself back on on just charity work or something. Uh, yeah. So. It,
0: yeah, I, I, I hear you totally on that, Jan. You know, it's very interesting. I, I don't know about you, but I, I will often turn down work where I'm not asked to start working with a leadership team simply because if one starts in the middle or a, few, a couple of layers down, you get so much attrition, um, a massive amount of attrition. People find that they've developed, they've grown, they're, um, they perhaps have a slight you know a new perspective on life and um, a new connection to their own sense of satisfaction and um, real meaning and um, purpose in life, that the, the structure that they were in beforehand, uh, well, certainly that they perhaps find themselves in still hasn't shifted at all and um, they can no longer operate in, in that sort of way. And I, I would imagine that if, you know, if we had to, to give organizations some advice in terms of, well, you, you know, you want to keep good people. Um, you certainly don't want to lose fantastic talent. Then one must start at the top. It has to be a systemic shift in how an organization thinks, how we actually go about doing what we do. So, so the, the doingness of things is um, often the focus. Whereas, you know, we need to almost step back so that we don't get that huge amount of attrition. And we do actually to keep the talent and develop the talent and give people, um, you know, a way to grow within, within the organization itself. Absolutely. That's such an interesting, um, interesting point. And I, I think really our responsibility as people working in these organizations is to make that pretty clear from the start.
1: Yeah, one of the things I often have when we are discussing, especially with the HR departments, is that the HR departments are then asking, okay, well, um, if you're working with them and they discover their strength and, 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 and their purpose and something, then maybe they, they leave this company. Yeah? <laughs> and, yeah? because the, so, so more or less they are thinking it from an investment perspective, so I've invested in them and then suddenly they leave the company. And and yeah, that's that's obviously that, that could happen, but the, uh, I then ask them what's the alternative. The alternative is they just imagine they stay
0: and you don't train them. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have, so, so that's yeah, it's that's, the age-old and, adage of yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so it has to be a collective systemic yeah, approach. Yeah.
1: It has to be. And, and, and I remember the old days when, when um, I, IBM was doing even the opposite. IBM was um, supporting their leaders to, um, to join other companies. So they were very much uh, in, in favor of doing so because that, that simply helped them spreading their network. And if, if, if you were left in a, in a good mood and then with a good relationship, you certainly think about their, your old products first. So it's true was... blue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why ever go anywhere, even if you're under the guise of another organization? Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think that um, this this systems approach, systems thinking, and then of course dr- drilling down to the design thinking to get stuff done is mm. absolutely vital. But it's got to come. You know, it's got to come from that that mm. um, you know that that common common connection.
1: Yeah, and I think you just touched the. The main point for me, the, the, the main point, the main blocker for me that this, uh, be, that this movement is not, let's say, as, as fast as, as I would love to see it, is um, that even the, the chairman or the CEOs, they still somehow believe they cannot change the system.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. but that's not true at all. They are the top. They, they can they change the, the system. system. Oh, oh, they are the system, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as you said before, you know, somebody comes in, they've had a, I don't know, they've been shouting at somebody, um, you know, in the traffic or something, you know, on the tube or whatever, however they get to work or, you know, the coffee doesn't quite arrive in the way it should be and their day is thrown and, and the, the ripple effect on other people and not mm. taking full responsibility for that. Um, really you know there, there we have the system and that's mm. just a silly example of, of something minute and minuscule but the impact on others um, can be measured and felt you know if, if, if somebody's wandering around like a, a bear with a sore head um, yes. and I think a lot of people can relate to reporting into people like that yes. and everybody's running around um, you know in trepidation then mm. it has a massive effect and I think yes it is that realisation that I am the system you know that That is part of the responsibility of me leading this organization, and all of these human beings, these souls, who then go home to their own families, and um, the, you know the ripple effect continues, so the spiral mm. either goes up or down <laughs> um, yeah one, and, one way or the other, so what do you choose is always the question
1: yes and, and what 's quite interesting is always when we then go on through to the, the second part of it what 's the impact on on others. Then, then we use some some work where you are showing the change of the electromagnetic field and whatever, so that you are radiating all that that energy, and the other people are picking it up. So, and and most most of us are always saying, oh, what can I do? I am the single one, and I cannot change anything. Yeah, but then then I say, how many people do you meet a day? Yeah. If you count, if you count these people or if you're just going to the uh, on the tube or on the bus or something you, you you your field is big enough to touch all these people, so you have an impact for sure
0: yeah and and one thing you mentioned um, earlier on Jan, was quantum, and i I often find especially with um, linear type of organizations or left brain organizations or pretty academic organizations, consultancies, a lot of them and I don't want to Brand any any of these organisations, but um, what we often find is that um, you know perhaps explaining things in physics terms or in quantum terms, you know the the impact that our energy has and the, the corresponding effect is is often a, a really good illustration rather than perhaps sitting in in the perceived. Um, uh, understanding of what consciousness and that intangible consciousness means. So, so yeah, it, I think that, um, you know, how we help people to understand their own impact mm. on others um, can be done in so many ways. And, you know, we yeah. really just work with whatever, whatever um, speaks the loudest or clearest um, yeah. to the people that we're working with. So, Jan, um, I, one of the questions I was going to ask you earlier before I backtracked to touch was... Um, Really, in terms of giving somebody some advice, you know, you've mentioned that in the last couple of years there's been a wonderful escalation in, you know, perhaps various different movements around the world popping into more realistic, tangible types of um, models and processes like B corporations being listed on the stock exchange, I think we have around about 3,000 now, I could be wrong on the number, Um, but that's growing and it's growing exponentially. What what do you think has caused that that sort of pop in the last couple of years um, where these organizations and, you know, the thinking has actually manifested into actual action on the behalf of leaders and organizations? And where do you think we're going? And sorry, the the main question there would be, what advice would you give somebody who wants to to actually start or further their own journey in, in driving conscious business? That's a very good question. Last, last year,
1: um, we have been running a, um, a lecture at the university here in Germany to, to the students and that was called con- about conscious leadership. And when, we, when I asked the students why did they pick this class, they all came up, almost 100% of them, with um, environment and sustainability reasons. Right. So this, this is absolutely the number one driver uh, and not only for the younger generation. I think that the people, if you are getting more aware, you, you at least understand that we are having an impact on our planet. But for me, this is just the, the start of the, of, of, of the movement of, of, of the personal growth, because I think, um, of course, you can have an impact. Um, on 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 the environment. If you let's say use use your car less, or or are not fly flying, less. Yeah. fly less. All these kind of things. But the biggest impact is is really um, your own consciousness growth, because um, because of the uh, ripple effect is is and if you get more and more into a happy mode maybe happy is not, maybe, I I don't like the word happy so much, but if you are getting into a more peaceful, um, yeah, into a peaceful, calm, courage mode, this contributes, and this is not only contributing in, in the organization or at work, this is the same at home for the family or your friends, and I think this way, you have a lot more impact and we always say the, the growth of consciousness is really the, um, the biggest catalyst for change. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's my advice. If you start your own journey and, and, and earlier you said, um, yeah, we probably need some, um, the universe need to knock on ourselves, we maybe need, a, some people need a crisis, others just an, a big aha uh, experience. Um, but, but we have to start that journey.
0: Yeah, so then... conscious, consciousness is the greatest catalyst for change. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Jan, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we could chew the fat <laughs> on this for days on end. Um, yes. But do. an absolute delight. I'll make sure that I post links so that people can get hold of you and um, get in touch. And, um, and yeah, look, very much look forward to continuing our, our conversation
1: Yes, for sure. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Elise. I enjoyed it. And I also enjoyed when we met at the Conscious Leadership Summit in Johannesburg.
0: That was was a fantastic day, wasn't it? I have to say that the feedback that I got from a couple of friends in the room from different countries, different cultures, was exactly the same and that the energy popped all day long. It really was a fantastic, um, fantastic day for all, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. Wonderful, Jan. Thank you. Okay. For it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Lyft. I'm delighted you're here. If you'd like to connect with Jan, head over to my website, mowbraybydesign.com, where you'll find the show notes and relevant links. Whilst you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your favorite platforms to never miss an episode. And if you're loving Lyft, I'd really appreciate a rating in iTunes or simply share with a friend who needs a Lift. You can get in touch with me for coaching or speaking engagements by sending an email to louise at mowbraybydesign.com or click on the contact button on my site. Until next time, Lift Yourself, Lift Another.